Welcome to the Riot Podcast, where we have practical discussions on how to share your faith, see the news from God's eyes, and answer some of faith's hardest questions. Welcome to the Riot Podcast, everyone. This is uh, one of your co-hosts, Bob Shoneman, along with Barry Rice. Hey, everybody. So excited to be with you. It's summertime. It is summertime. And let's not forget Mac Daddy Miami, Pete Robertson. What's up? Mac Daddy's in the house. How you guys doing? Now, Pete was subtle. You were subtle at one of the la- previous shows. Last week, Barry. I was like, what's up? Or something right? like that. Yeah. yeah. Pete, so you were in Miami this week. What's yeah. going on? Tubbs and Crockett, you're hanging out with those guys down there? Yes, I was. I, I, but I but I stayed away from some of that other stuff. I just was in a hotel, basically. Just every time you say the word Miami, I, yeah. I hear in the air tonight, you know, Phil Collins singing in the background, waiting for the, jump, waiting for the drum solo. There's something about it. I love, what I love about Miami, where we were, we were up in a high rise over the water. And we just stayed there. So every morning I get up, just looked up, you know, saw the water the whole time. And in the morning, did you drive to the beach? Did you go over to the beach at all? Um, we just drove down that area and just looked at all the. Uh, so that's a no. You didn't go to the no, beach. No, no, we didn't really. We were going to, but it rained a few times, so we weren't able to go. But it's fun. Just got away with the wife and friends and hung out. We were actually supposed to do a show down there, but I know that didn't end up. It's my fault. It's my fault, everybody. We will do an on location show shortly. Pete's trying to find us something in, I think, Torrey Pines. Southern California. Southern California. That that would work. Um, Maybe in July. Anything in the mountains would work. Yeah. And uh, if that doesn't happen, you guys can join us for our show in Greece in November. So don't miss that opportunity. Yeah. Well, Well, we're doing a cool show this weekend, too. We are? Yeah. We're going to be doing it at, at Compass Community Church. Oh, that's Our right. first church yeah. service that's together right. as so any, a podcast. So any pastors out there, if you're listening to this, this is a big deal. So you you bring us out there, us three, we'll set up and we'll do the show for your church. And trust me, they're going to get the word of God. They're going to hear truth. They're going we to can, laugh. We, they're going to laugh a lot. At me. Yeah, they'll probably laugh at us. I, the, that's what the, I was say. We'll adjust to whatever the pastor is wanting us to talk on and we'll go ahead and deliver it. Have some fun with it. But yeah, pick, we're going to be doing that this week. We'll do it. Man, yeah. I forgot that was this weekend. What are we talking on this fun. weekend? Oh, it's about wisdom and how to make decisions. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're using a contrast. Oh, Saul between, and David. Yeah. King Saul and David. I, okay. Yeah, that'd be fun. I did do a little study. Yeah. You know, I got time. I got time. Well, we have a we have an amazing guest today. did a today. little study. A little study. <laughs> I got 48 hours. We're good. You're good. We're good. Um, Man, we have a special guest today. And this man is just, uh, he's just been an amazing influence in my life. And I've just been blessed. I got, I was blessed to be able to serve with him for a couple of years. Um, He is uh, in a new location now. We'll let him talk about that. But I actually, Barry, I was thinking you should introduce him since uh, you've known him the longest and he used to work with you directly so uh i think you would probably do the best introduction of our special guest today there is more people in this world that want to be like chad harper than anybody else that i know you know this <laughs> that's oh, unfortunate that you, know, is unfortunate. you know what the saying was everybody wants to be like mike no <laughs> they want to be like chad and uh you know but chad is one of my favorite people in all the world yeah. and uh i uh I, I just uh, am amazed what God has done in this life. Uh, he, he did an internship, fell, fell in love with a girl and told his best friend, I'm going to marry this girl. And uh, it happened. And they said, well, we're going to plant a church together in, in Florida one day. And they did it. I mean, guys, they were like 18, 19 years old, have these dreams. And, and eventually when they grow up, they do it. And, and I'm telling you, uh, there has been more people 
impacted for the kingdom of God through this guy and his best friends and his network, then, man, people just don't know mm. how many people have been impacted for the kingdom through this guy's life, through his wife's life, through their family, through his his mother and father and and uh i mean i was a guest in his mother and father's house several times and you know it was the only opportunity i ever had to go to smith mountain lake but anyway <laughs> so uh we've had so much fun times together i have so many great memories with this guy he is one of my heroes i love him to death and y'all gonna be blessed so everybody welcome the infamous chad hopper thank you i'm not sure about that introduction um <laughs> Evangelistically speaking, it was uh, it's pretty accurate, uh, except for the fact that I did not work with Barry. I worked for Barry. And uh, I am proud to say that um, when I graduated from high school, Barry was the middle school pastor at the church I was at. And I graduated from high school. And instead of going into college ministry, I went directly back to middle school. And so Barry is where I began with Barry and Pastor Barry Rice is where I began my ministry. And uh, man, I'm excited to be here. So I, uh, I've i watched this quite a few times. Um, so when Bob uh, threw it out there the other day that, hey, you should come on, yes. I, I made it a priority to be here on a very crazy day, but I'm excited <laughs> to be here. And um, I look forward to the conversation that we're having. And I just want to say thank you guys. Appreciate you guys following your passion yeah. for what God has put in you and on you. And um, I think you're making an impact, man. You're yeah. making a difference with your life. So yeah. thanks for having me. No, yeah. Chad, it's our pleasure. And you, and you said it's a very busy day. Why don't you just kind of share real quickly what you're about to do this next week, what you're about to dive into. Yes. Now, I think our, our listeners would love to hear about this. Yeah, I, I have the opportunity tomorrow. Um, for, for those of you, that I, I'm at a church uh, named Genesis Church. I have the opportunity to serve with my lifelong uh, best friend, Tim Grandstaff. He's the lead pastor. I'm the executive pastor. Um, and we do ministry together and we get to lead tomorrow um, 45 people to Camp Bahamas on the island of Eleuthera there in the country of the Bahamas. It is our first mission trip since COVID. And so we are excited about it. So we've got lots of stuff that is finalizing today um, to be able to go tomorrow. We'll be there for a week, partner with the ministry, um, love on the people of that island, minister in uh, the Haitian communities on the island as well. So uh, do some cool stuff. So we're excited, but crazy day, crazy, um, crazy week we'll have. So we're excited. It's Camp awesome. Bahamas. How could people find out more about Camp Bahamas? Yeah, if you go to CampBahamas.com, um, the easiest way to describe Camp Bahamas is it's um, it's a Christian retreat center that has been built on the island of Alou to minister to the youth of today. Um, the mission is really where the youth of today find hope for tomorrow. And so many people, they don't realize what, um, what happens in the Bahamas. So many people see the Bahamas as Nassau, Freeport, cruise ships, and it's so much more, so much more. The people there um, are really just hurting and struggling. And so we have the opportunity to go over there and love on them. So CampBahamas.com, um, we get to fly on Missionary Flights International, which is another amazing mission organization here based out of Fort Pierce, Florida. So um, it's great, man. We're excited. So we leave first thing in the morning, 5 a.m. So we're wow. going to get over there and do it. Yeah. Well, man, God bless you guys on the, on the trip. Just, yeah, that's amazing. Stuff. You know, before the show, we had a prep time and I mean, he had one story after it was another awesome. and, and we're going to have to have him back on when we just tailor it kind of around some of these stories like, and no just topic, have fun with it. Just yeah. let him run with because the stories. Because they were hilarious. <laughs> Mission trips gone bad. Yeah. Yes. Mission trips um, that we live to tell about. 
I could uh, I could do a lot on those sleeping arrangements in oh, Honduras. There's man, we just had a good time. Trust me, you guys <laughs> want to hear these stories, so we'll have them back on in the future. We'll just we'll talk about some of these stories and just have some fun with it. Awesome. But, well, Pete, um, we got a, a kind of a, a tough topic today to talk about. A, a lot of people kind of shy away from this, but we're going to dive right into it um, fearlessly and uh, with the help of the Holy Spirit. We're gonna we're gonna jump into this topic. But before we do that, do you mind open us up in some pr in, in yeah, a word of prayer, please? Let's do that, Lord. We just thank you. We praise you. We thank you for the topic that we're going to talk about today, Lord. And and God, we're still learning, Lord. We're still coming to understanding ourselves, Lord. And and what we want to do most here is just represent you, Lord. We just want to speak forth your truth. We want to come from your perspective, Lord. We want to see this from uh, from your eyes and from your understanding. And so, Lord, help us, Lord, cont uh, control our our mouths, our words, our lips. Give us wisdom, and and uh, Lord, we just pray that you would prepare the hearts of people. Some of the things we might say today might prick some people. People. It might uh, make them uncomfortable. And uh, I pray that they would meditate on what we're saying. I pray that they would take this before the Lord. I pray that they would they would find peace in what's being said today. And Lord, that you would be glorified in everything. And so Lord, we give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. We love you in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Hey, let me say this, guys. Uh, I want to thank Pastor Nick because he kind of spurred on this idea of the show. And when you make a comment and you ask questions and say, hey, about talking about this, we really take it to heart. And we appreciate you, Pastor Nick. And and those who make comments and, and those who are engaging the Riot Podcast, thanks thanks for your help today, buddy. <laughs> he'll listen to this. That's awesome. And he'll like that you called him Pastor Nick. All right. <laughs> what a, Bob, do you want to, let's do this. Yeah. Um, go ahead and let, we're going to, we're following off of this lady's blog. Her name is Jen, Jennifer Abel. Um, we're going to reach out to her after this. We'll send her actually this show and then maybe have her on the show. So we're going to talk about it first and then, and <laughs> then reach out. Well, I tried to get a hold of her, but it wasn't enough time. And so we're going to hopefully I'll send this link to her and see if we can get her on the show to talk about it. So we'll do our best to kind of explain where she's at. She's coming from an emotional uh, standpoint. Um, um, but I believe that she has some really good uh, topic uh, topics here that we can talk about and to be able to see where the state of the church is today. And so why don't you, uh, Bob, go ahead and read, I almost said blog. Why don't you read this, Bob? Yeah. Um, why don't you go ahead, Bob, <laughs> read this blog and then let's break it down. Okay. And so the first part of it, we're just going to kind of briefly touch on it. But the last part of the blog, we're going to kind of like go deeper into it. So that go sounds ahead. good. So yeah. Jennifer's blog is titled Exvangelical. I see my conservative evangelical friends lamenting the shrinking of their churches and whispering prayer requests for those who aren't walking with the Lord anymore. Hashtag exvangelical is trending on Twitter. There's an entire corner of TikTok videos. You guys know what TikTok is? Barry, you know what TikTok is? Yeah, isn't that a game? Yeah. <laughs> TikTok. <laughs> I, I had a feeling. I, sorry. Uh, there's an entire corner of TikTok with videos about deconstructing faith or coming out of funda fundamentalism. Clearly, this is a hot topic in Christianity right now. And if you do any research on this, look, this is a very hot topic. Yeah, so. I, didn't, I didn't believe it either until I started yeah. looking. It's all over the place. Yeah. Go for it. Gradually over the past decade, I've deconstructed and reconstructed my own faith, says Jennifer, leaving behind some of the trappings of evangel uh, evangelicism, easy for me to say, while holding tightly to Jesus himself. And I am not an expert at all. I only know my experience. But as I've been out 
of that subculture of conservative evangelical church for a while, I've made some observations from a perspective I didn't have when I was enmeshed in it. The evangelical churches I know are trapped in legalism and entangled with Christian nationalism. We'll we'll kind of break that down. Anybody listening? Yeah, okay, like on. a couple of terms you may have not have heard of before, but yeah, we'll we'll talk about that. Uh, Jennifer goes on to say, through preaching of a gospel of Christ alone, they add lists of rules required for sanctification, because salvation might be through faith alone, but evidently sanctification demands great personal effort and discipline. And in spite of the many teachings about world missions, the evangelical God with little g seems to love the United States of America just a bit more than any other country. So world missions tend to look a lot like colonization or colonizing. And though every evangelical church I've been a part of encourages congregants to not take our word for it, read the Bible for yourself. Uh, When people truly do read the Bible and come to a different conclusion, they quickly become labeled as troublemakers, backsliders, or heretics. All All that to say, there's little room for differences of opinion or differences of understanding. One evangelical church I belong to refuses to participate in any activities with believers in other denominations, because that may be ushering in one world religion. Yeah, that's one way of looking at it. Um, A little sarcasm there. But some believers call it a preview of heaven. But for real, some of these churches teach that they are the the only church preaching the truth, that other churches are leading people straight to hell. That to be a real Christian, with quotes, you have to go to this church. So evangelical churches create this tiny box and say, if you aren't in this tiny box, then you aren't really a Christian. The tiny box requires attendance multiple times a week to this particular church. The tiny box stipulates that uh, what version of the Bible that you can read. The tiny box forbids alcohol and somehow, in spite of demanding a very literal translation of the Bible, twists the verses with references to alcohol to say it means juicy juice and not barefoot sellers. The tiny barefoot box sellers is a brand, right? I, I don't know. I was, yeah, I think that's so. funny. I was going to stop and juicy ask you juice that. Is. Yeah. I do. Yeah, I know juicy juice. Too. I got six kids. Yeah. I, I think it's a, I think it's a winery, right. probably one of those California ones. Yeah. The tiny box fixates, fixates on sex and all the rules about sex. The tiny box creates an even tinier nesting box for women with additional rules about what to wear, when to speak, and what personal autonomy is permitted. The tiny box, at best, tolerates and, at worst, perpetuates racism. And the tiny box conflates the love of Jesus with the love of the USA and misapplies Bible verses about ancient Israel to modern-day USA, promoting Christian nationalism. And we are going to talk about that. Mm -hmm. She continues on saying, when people begin reading the Bible and coming to some different conclusions that don't fit within that tiny box, they begin to question their faith completely. Because if you're told your entire life, if you aren't in this tiny box, you aren't really a Christian, and you don't fit in that tiny box anymore, it stands to reason that you may begin to wonder if you're really a Christian. So here we are. Essentially, the church has pushed people out of the church by turning non-essentials into essentials. We should talk about what those essentials are. Mm -hmm. By adding rules and stipulations and preferences onto the gospel of Jesus. And then the church stands around wringing his hands about all the people who have turned their backs on the church or stopped walking with God. Parents are weeping over prodigal children, but so many of these prodigals seem seem drawn to the life and actions and message of Jesus himself. They don't 
just fit in their church's tiny box anymore. Okay, let's just stop it there. Yep. And then because I know she went on to kind of conclude that, but let's just let's just kind of break this down a little bit. Um, I know that was a lot to say. And so some people are trying to process that. And so we'll do our best to try to help bring that to light. But let me just put this in a uh, a big picture. And this is kind of where we see the show going um, today. So this month is in America. So I know we have world listeners, but this month in America, we have uh, the month is like a pride month for the, for the gay and homosexual LGBTQ uh, TQ, uh, community. And, um, and so what I've been seeing a lot on social media is that people are putting up their, the gay, the rainbow flag and they're, you know, they're supporting in, they're supporting the pride month and, and all of that. And, and what's happening within the church body or their church community is that when they see this, there's one or two reactions that happen. One, they go and they put up their, their defense mechanism. And they say, well, I can't believe that, you know, they're supporting gay. I'm not going to support that. And they create a divide or I don't understand why are they there to support that? Don't they know this or whatever, you know, from their beliefs or what they feel. And, and, and what we're going to try to establish is to help people understand that that's not how Jesus sees this. Jesus does not put up a flag. Jesus does not um, uh, uh, look at um, a, a sect or, or you know, personally, like, you know, the, the hot buttons in today's world are like, you know, Republican or Democrat, or, you know, you're gay, you're not gay, or you're, you can drink or you not drink, or all of these different things. Jesus doesn't see any of that. He just sees you. He has compassion for you. He loves you. He wants to have a relationship with you. And, and so we as people, then what this lady is talking about, the tiny box, we as these people, as Christians have, have put ourselves or segregated ourselves away from the world and what's happening in the world. And so when the Bible says that we are in the world, but not of the world, it's basically saying that our job isn't to change the world, but our job is to love the world. The person that changes the world is, is the Holy Spirit, is Jesus. He's the one that transforms people. We are to see people the way that Christ sees them and engage with him. And so Jesus, if he saw somebody that was in the gay community or whatever, he's going to run to them. He's going to love them. He's going to wash their feet. He's going to show compassion. He's not going to see any difference. He doesn't care if you're on the home team or the, the visitor team. He doesn't care who wins. He just loves you. He, he doesn't look at the world the same way that we look at it. He doesn't view uh, the, the way that we have made it. And the church for so many years has alienated so many people from, from, from coming to Christ, from knowing him. They, they basically have put them off. They kicked them out of the church or, you know, I can't believe that you've had an adultery or you have four affairs and you're coming to church. How dare you? You need to be excommunicated from the church. And that's not how Jesus looked at him. Jesus went and washed his feet. Jesus died for him. You know, we have to look at things from that perspective. And so that's kind of where we're going with that. And I think real quick, let's just kind of define um, you know, we're going to do a lot better job in chat. I'm so grateful that you're here because you had some really good points in the, in the prep uh, to the show. But let's go ahead and just define some things. People are going to ask, what is fundamentalism? Barry, do you want to just hit that real quick? Yeah, I think it's, a, it's something that's very confusing. Uh, and I, I'm not sure that uh, Miss Jen uh, that wrote this blog really have a, a deep understanding of what fundamentalism is. Uh, fundamentalism is what is the what is the foundation? What is the basics of the faith? And, and what is it that unifies us then, then, then focusing on what divides us and fundamentalism, it is Jesus alone. That's what it's about. And I, 
my pastor was one of the the guys that really pushed fundamentalism and bringing people together and and standing for something uh but but to have a heart of love you know god says is that if we have tongues to speak you know and and have uh clanging symbols and and all this stuff but we have not love we've gained nothing we are nothing we, we we're useless and uh you know fundamentalism is is she's equivalenting fundamentalism with legalism and what she's really saying is that in the church uh fundamentally and the fundamental church has done a poor job of handling issues that made us feel uncomfortable yeah and we didn't handle them adequately and uh we have pushed people out of the church because we were fearful Mm -hmm. and uh you know i know that a lot of the pastors that would would preach this way that's the way they were taught and they were taught that to be a good pastor you have to speak out on sin and and that's not what you're saying pete no Uh, i i know that's not your heart and i and when we say that that Jesus would run to a homosexual and love on them. What we're saying is that he does that for everyone, not just the homosexual, but he does it for the, the, the prostitute. We have cases of that in the Bible, right? He does it for everybody. He doesn't, he doesn't put people in categories. Oh, your sin's not bad. Your sin's real bad. And, and here at one point in my life, I weighed over 400 pounds, you know, am, am I better than uh, a prostitute? when I was a gluttony and, and, but yet I was a pastor hmm. and I still struggle with that. I, I'm no better than a, a prostitute. I'm no brother than anybody else. Yeah. And, and, and I just using the word prostitute because I think, uh, you know, that's something we could go to, but all sin separates us from God and all sin breaks the heart of God. Yeah. yeah. Why? Because we're choosing something other than the best, but fundamentalism says, you know, scripture are authoritative. Jesus is the only way to heaven. And that's the basis of our belief. We are Christians because of that. And if someone else in another country uh, or another ethnicity or whatever, if you believe in Jesus Christ as the only way to get to heaven, you are what God says, my brother, my sister, and we have got to start treating each other that way. And we have majored on the do's and don'ts. And that is what has been abusive in the church and yeah. has hurt people. Yeah. Chad. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I, I, I see this as a topic that so many people, they like to add two things now, you know, so it's fundamentalism is Jesus only. And I think a lot of people in today's world, it's Jesus plus. Yeah. So it's, it's, what can I add to that? Yeah. And in reality, we're called to love people. That's it. Period. I mean, there's, there's not, yeah, but then we have to No, Jesus says love. And so when so many pastors and so many churches, they're trying to take these stances and speak out as, as Barry was saying on, on all these things, speak out again, speak out against, like just speak love. Hmm. If you just learn to speak love, hmm. I think that's it. But even in the conversations that people have, it's okay. I'm going to love them first. And then I got to change them. Yeah. You know, and it's like, no, no, just love them. Yeah. We have a hard enough time. I believe even personally, I have a hard enough time loving people the way that God truly loves people. Mm. 
you know? And that's something to me that when I look at this and when I read this, it's that's, that's the basis. And if we could go back to true fundamentalism, true Jesus only Mm. theology, Mm. I think that's where, that's where lives are are ultimately changed because we're drawn closer to him. Yeah. You know, and, and and again, it goes back to the stereotype that Christianity is, is done to the world. I mean, we've, we've put this on there. We've made like homosexuality an issue. We've made, if you're a Republican or a Democrat, an issue we've made, you know, if you're a drinker or not a drinker, we made all of these issues and Jesus wasn't making these issues. Jesus was saying, listen, come unto me. You know, I am, I am, I will give you rest. I will give you peace. I will bring salvation to your life. I will, I will take care of you when you're hurting. I will take care of your burdens and your pressures of life. I will give you hope. I will give you purpose. And, and that's all he's saying. And so uh, back to what I was saying at the beginning, it's, is it, we're in the world, but we're in the world to love. We're in the world to be the light. We're into world to, to speak to people, not put stereotypes on people. We're not to look at our friend that's supporting gay pride this month and say, oh my gosh, I can't be friends with them. We're, we're not there for that purpose. We're there to pursue them, love them, hang out with them, go have a conversation, go to dinner with them, treat them as just like you would treat anybody else. Because if you look at that, remember that whole body, you know, the plank in your eye, if you really look at your own self, if you're trying to say that their sin or your sin or whatever, however you want to see this, you have a plank in your own eye. And, and just love people, go and just share, you know, the God's truth that he's shared with you. And, um, and so that's, that's kind of where we're going at with that. Any thoughts on that, Bob? Yeah, just, well, as we're talking about definitions, I, I think we should touch on uh, what legalism is as well. I, I, Barry did a good job defining fundamentalism, and he mentioned legal, legalism, but I think just to make sure everybody's clear, and then we're talking on the same page, one of you guys want to tackle that you as well? Yeah, legalism to me is very simply put as garbage. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I like I it. mean it's, 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 it's where you major on the minors yeah. and you, 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 you lose everything. Yeah. Like, I mean, to me, when I think of legalism, it's like, do you really even know what you're saying? Yeah. And yeah. so, I mean, that's, that's not a very good definition, but no. that to me, that's literally, when I hear that word, I cringe because I'm thinking you, you have one responsibility as a believer. Right. And that's the responsibility is to point people to Jesus. Yeah. Not to point out their sin. Yeah. It's, it's and that's what legalism, legalism comes in as though if I'm, I'm reading my Bibles every day and I'm going to church three times a week and, you know, I'm spending that I'm, oh I'm gosh. going to Bible studies and I'm doing all these things. And then I feel like I'm empowered. I'm feeling yeah. like, Hey, I know the truth. I know what's right. And so you coming in my presence, I'm like, Hey, listen, I am well learned. I am very smart in what I understand. And so let me share with you this truth. And what you're doing right now is very wrong. And you need to change from that. Listen to me. I know you need to trust me on this because I have the truth here. And, and, and so, and we do legalism without even knowing it. That you know? definition was better than mine, by yeah. the way. Yeah. That Just was, so you know, that was yeah. better. Hey, than I got mine. a story guys. Go uh, my first job as a youth pastor was in a small Florida town and, and, uh, I was the new youth pastor. I coached football at that high school and, and, uh, I, it was a very, very fundamental church. And, and I was invited to the city council banquet and, and I was set at a very specific table. My pastor was there at another table. I guess I was at the table with the the low guys and he was at the table (laughs) with the, the, the high ranking guys, but everybody at my table got up and went to dance. And so 
Christina, my wife was sitting there with me. I said, babe, I've been known to cut a little rug. You know? <laughs> she said, she said, don't do that. They won't accept. I said, there is nothing more godly than a man to hold his wife and dance with Amen. And I Amen. said, these men need to see me holding you and dancing. And so we went and danced. And the next day I got called into the office. Oh, my <laughs> said, word. Boy, you, the pastor told me, boy, you're lucky you still have a desk and a job. You know, I, I can't believe the phones haven't just totally ring off a hook. And he said, don't you ever do that again? And I told him, I said, pastor, I, I think my, my youth and my parents need to see a godly man dancing with his wife and, and nobody else and, and enjoying her. Mm. He said, well, that's supposed to be kept in a house in the mm. bedroom. Mm. I said, well, if you don't want me to do it, I won't do it, but I'm going to tell you, that's not my heart. Mm. And yeah. That's kind of like it's, it's that's rules it. over a relationship. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. It's embedded into the church. I mean, my, my, my brother is a pastor and he went up on stage one time with flip-flops and um, after, after, <laughs> after he came off a of stage, Age, uh, yeah, he got reamed. And, uh, it, 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 and again, that's a form of legalism. It's just, it's having, it's not loving people. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pointing out their flaws. It's, I mean, I mean, just think about it, even in our own marriages, I know my wife better than anybody and I know her flaws better than anybody. And so I, when I talk to my wife, sometimes I want to correct her because she's doing wrong, according to my opinion, to more than to what I know. I've studied this. I know this, you know, because I feel it's right. It's my opinion. It's my thoughts. And so I want to share with my wife her, she's wrong. But Christ looks at my wife and says, no, I love her, period. I'm going to elevate my wife. I'm going to speak life into her. I'm going to look at her good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to constantly go out of my way to bless her. And that's what God's wanting us to do. Legalism does the opposite. And so she's right when she's talking about legalism within the church. Yeah. It's within I all marriages. With it's yeah. within everybody. And it's so, what yeah. you do. The emphasis is on what you do instead of who you know. Yep. So that's the, I mean, that's the easiest. Yep. So and, when I hear the term legalism, I should think Pharisee. Yes. Well, just think of your own self. Yeah. I mean, truthfully, I mean, if you really yeah. start examining okay. your own heart, I mean, we all fall short here. Yeah. No Without doubt. even knowing it, what I just shared with my wife about my wife is very true. And I just told a vulnerable truth. And it's, <laughs> it, we have to listen, we have to really stop and really look at people and look at our family or whatever around us and love them as Christ, see them as Christ and stop acting like you have it all. The Bible tells us to elevate others above ourselves. Stop acting like you have, have the, you know, your crap smells better than everybody else's. Yeah. yeah it's the way we keep score. <laughs> That's a great definition. Yeah. It's, it's the way we keep scoring Christianity. I don't do what you do. So I feel better about myself. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's so opposite the heart of God. Yeah. And he, Jesus said, I came to, to fulfill the law, right. not, not, not to put you in bondage in the law. And, and we do not get our value by how we perform. Our value is that we're created and we're stamped with his image. Amen. And that's where our value comes from. And, and, and I would say, I hope Jennifer, I hope I get to meet you. You sound very intelligent and, and uh, I really appreciate your thoughts that you wrote. And I want to apologize to you yeah. for how we've lied to you mm. from the church. And so many young people, we've lied to you about what really matters and, if, if we have said to you that if you fix up your mess and you get straight, you're welcomed at the church yeah. and, and God will welcome you. That is absolutely a lie from hell. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. You, you have value. Uh, you don't have to do anything. You have value. 
no matter what your choices are, you have valuable and value and God loves you and he died for you. And more than anything, not based upon your performance, but based on who created you and whose you are, he wants a relationship with you more than anything. He wants a relationship with you. And this message has got to come back to the center of the church, that God is love and that we are to love. And that is what lets everybody know that we're his disciples. You know, speaking to Jennifer real quick too, um, Jennifer, if you're listening to this or anybody that's like Jennifer out there, um, you don't go to church to be served. You're not going to be fulfilled yourself. If you're going to church, you're going to love on people. Mm-hmm. You're going to, to be a light to people. You're going to elevate. You're going to serve in the name of Jesus. You're going to bring God glory no matter what. You're not there to change the church. You're not there to make the pastor believe what you think is right. Mm-hmm. You're there to love them. You're there to pray for them. You're there to, to stand in the gap for other people that are blind and hurting. You're there to, to, to speak in a, in a way that helps people understand the Bible even more and clearer. clearer. So you have a purpose. And, and I understand your frustration here. And I see where you're coming from. And I understand that this is a, uh, a passionate uh, for you. And we're with you on that. We agree with you for the most part that uh, there needs to be a change. Yeah. And uh, the church needs to wake up. And we need to listen to this. Bob? Well, one more term that Jennifer used that I, I wanted to hear your guys' idea on is this uh, Christian, what was it, nationalism, Christian yeah. nationalism, and how is that different than Christianity? Here, I'll just go ahead and speak to that real quick. We're going to actually do a whole show. So if you guys want to listen to this on our Independent Day show for July 4th, we're going to do a whole show just on this. But Christian nationalism is the belief that American nation is defined by Christianity and that the government should take active steps to keep it that way. Christianity is, is a little bit different. Christianity is we love everybody. We don't have, we don't want to put anybody in a box. We don't want to make, so I mean, I guess Christian nationalism is saying that if you do not believe exactly what the Bible says, then you cannot be an American. That's kind of what it's saying. And so like, there's people that have other religions. There's other people that have other race. There's people that have other thought process and, and a Christian nationalist, we want to create all of our, everything to, to just best reflect what the Bible says, but we're leaving out and we're alienating all those other people. And so we're going to talk about this. I know I gave just a little bit, but we're going to actually go through this and dissect this whole thing to help understand, because there's a difference. What's a patriot? Bob, what's a patriot? You go ahead and share with that. What's a patriot? Uh, So I would just say someone who loves their country. Yeah. So a patriot is someone that loves their country, right? A Christian nationalist is someone that that loves their country, but they would love their country because they believe that their country has got to be set up one way. It alienates a lot of people. That's it's a negative. It's not a positive. And there is a movement right now that's happening in America where their whole mindset is they're claiming that, hey, we have to, this is the way we're supposed to be. This is the way we're supposed to govern and so forth. Yes, we can govern according to the morality of how the Bible was set up, the Judeo-Christian values. Yes, we can govern that way because that's how our constitution and it was set up. But we have to be careful not to alienate so many people that do do not fall in line with that mindset. And we'll dissect that later. I have we, so many questions, yeah, we're but I'll not, save them for we July We won't 4th. get into that now, but we will dissect that later and get into that. But I, but I understand where she's coming from with this mindset because she's, because especially with the Trump era and everything that took place there, it created a whole new way of thinking and, and it opened a lot of people's eyes. And so now there's a lot of talk going on. All right. So stay tuned for that show in three weeks, right? 
I think that's just go ahead and move into that tiny box. Yeah. Um, what she was talking about. If you guys remember that. You want me um, to read it? Um, yeah, or just certain parts of it. Maybe we can talk about. Go okay. for it. Well, yeah, she just said the tiny box requires attendance multiple times a week at a particular church. The tiny box stipulates that uh, stipulates what version of the Bible you can read. So, for instance, you can only read the King James. It's the only book, you know, the only translation you can read. Uh, the tiny box forbids alcohol. And somehow, in spite of demanding, and this is the, where we were talking about the, the juicy juice and uh, the barefoot sellers, which uh, we, we can look that up later. Tiny box fixates on sex and all the rules about sex. Tiny box creates an even tinier nesting box for women, uh, talking about rules of what, what they can wear, when they can speak, and all that stuff. And then the tiny box, at best, as, as it relates to racism, tiny box at best tolerates and at worst perpetuates racism. The tiny box conflates the love of Jesus with the love of the, of America and misapplies the Bible verses about ancient Israel to modern day USA. So there you go. I would love to want get her back on the show so she can talk about this. Cause I really like to hear her heart on it. But from that, what do you guys have a take and kind of where she's going at or what's your thoughts on that? Or, well, I yeah. think, I think it's uh, where the church has kind of went over and uh, uh, went to the extreme with narrow is the way. And that broad is the way that leads to destruction, but narrows the way that leads to everlasting life. And, and, you know, that saddens me. And, and also this term ex evangelical, yeah. it really saddens me. Yeah. Yeah. And to say that, see, my heart is that we would find a way for everybody to fit into the box. I believe that's the way the church should be. We're, we're trying to connect you to Jesus and we're trying to find a way for you to connect. But unless you meet this, this performance-based acceptance, unless you meet this elitism uh, level, you, you don't fit in. And that is not why Christ died for the church. It is not his idea of what the church is. Yeah. And uh, I, I, my heart is burdened over that as well, that, that we make people feel like they don't measure up. Are you kidding me? Chad, any thoughts? Yeah, I think it's, it, it all goes back to what we've, what, I mean, just the overarching theme of, of trying to put people to be just like us. Mm. And it's not about being like us. It's about being like Jesus, mm. you know? That's and so when, good. when, when you want everybody to look like you smell like you do what you do, you know, believe dress what you like believe, you. dress like you, everything. You just, you want everybody to be like you. And in reality, it's not about us. It's about him. And that's our responsibility. And I think too many churches out there are focusing their efforts on getting everybody to look the same, act the same, believe the same, do the same. And that, that's where you alienate people. And that's why she believe, I, I believe from reading her words, that's why she believes it's a tiny box. Yeah. Notice she didn't say a box, yeah. but it's a tiny box. Yeah. And so to me, that that's, that's, it's not about being like us. It's being like him. Mm. And as a believer, it's pointing people to him. Yeah. You know, and that, to me, that's, that's, that's where a lot of churches have failed. You know, and, and I said this in our, in our prep meeting, it was, you know, when Jesus was, you know, coming into the Jerusalem, it says that he had, he started to cry, he started mm. to weep yeah, and, and he had great compassion upon the people. And and that and those people that he had compassion on were murderers, were were drunkards, were were homosexuals, were were you know prostitutes, were gluttons like me at times, were liars like me at times, were uh, you know greedy like me at times. I mean, I can go on and on and yeah. on, right? I can share my whole life story right now. And 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 but Jesus, weep for me. 
Jesus had compassion for me. And, and it, his role and his goal was not to point out my flaws and my sin and make me feel condemned. His role and his goal was to love me, period, was to wash my feet, was to die for me, and, and was to give me a pathway uh, into his, his kingdom and to give a pathway into his presence. And, and in that presence, I am transformed. In that presence, I, I, I experience something that's supernatural. I cannot describe it. Yeah. I just know it overwhelms me and I become speechless. And, and as a child of God, my job and my duty is to do my best to share that with other people and, and, and help people experience Christ, the true Christ, the, the God that I know the best that I can. Chad, you yeah, have I, we, we actually at a church a few, a few weeks ago, we taught through that. And when we were going back to the original um, Hebrew in, in, of, of that, that word, that cry, that compassion that he had is not like a sniffle. It's like the ugly mm. snot cry, mm. you know? And so that's when you, when you put that view, you know, so many times, especially for men, it's like, we cry. It's like a tear comes to our eye. Mm. No, it said that he literally, he had that ugly snot mm. convulsing cry that he had over those people when he entered a Jerusalem mm. and, you know, I asked myself as we were teaching through that, you know, when was the last time I cried for someone mm, like that? So when was the last time I looked into somebody's eyes mm. and I saw them how Jesus saw them, you know, and it's not, I'm not looking at you so I can change you. Mm. I'm not looking at you so I can fix you. I'm looking at you the way Jesus does. And it's the love of God mm. that literally brought Jesus to that ugly snot mm. cry. Mm. And I believe that's lost in, in today. I, I don't think that we look at each other that way and have that compassion. And I think if we were to truly try to live like Jesus lives and try to live like Jesus lived, the example he gave was to pause, to evaluate and to look not at what people do, but at the lack of who they know. Yeah. And that's what that's I think good. drew the compassion yeah. out of him on that day. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And, it, and it's, it's, it's when you're in people's presence and you listen to them yes. or you're in a marriage and you're listening to them argue yes. or you're listening to them to go through that your heart is grieved yes. because you see the pain yes your heart is grieved because you see what they're going through and it's not the very best yes and all you want to do is just love on them yes. all you want to do is just just point them to jesus you just want them to hey listen there's hope here you know all of this can be all of this can be fixed all of this can be taken care of and and all you need to do is just learn who Jesus is just draw ever closer to him and if you're willing or if you want to get help and if you want to have that you know i will help you find and understand the bible i will help you if you know if this is you i will help you do that but it's it's you break you hurt for those people you hurt or you're sitting here at a crosswalk and, and this has happened to me many times and all of a sudden uh, a bum would will cross the street, you know, and, and I would just start crying for them yeah. because I just see the pain and agony that they're in. And they've, some of them has accepted that as their, their life fate. Right. And it just breaks my heart. And it's just like, God just loves them. He just wants to just shower them with blessings. He just wants to love on them and help them and, and guide them and direct them. And, and so that's kind of the same I'll just, thing. I'll share a story real quick. Um, so a dear friend of mine, um, man, a while back, not, not, not too long ago, maybe seven or eight months ago, um, I'm sitting at my desk working and I get a, uh, a text and the text read, I just got to my dad's house. I found him dead. 
Mm. And I'm, I'm literally looking at this text message going like, like what? So I pick up the phone and I call him and he denies it. He says on the phone with the police and long story short, um, you know, I, he said, I'm at, I'm at my dad's house right now. And so I went directly, told my wife, I said, I got to go. So I went directly to his house. I show up, the police are there. His dad had struggled for years with, with uh, drug abuse, with, with, um, mm. with alcoholism, had just, had just really struggled. And I'll never forget when I got there. And this is a grown man. I mean, one of my dear friends, and he's just standing in the front yard of his dad's house. He's not allowed to go inside. And he just, he just starts weeping. And so I get out of my car and, and I run over to him. I, I was literally one of the first ones there before his, his wife was there. And I just wrap my arms around and we just stand there in the front yard and we just sob together. And so many times I believe that that's what people need. Mm. They don't need, well, if your dad would have stopped doing this yeah, or yeah. man, if he would have just lived like this, or he knew that one day it would be. And I believe so many times, mm. you know, we just need to wrap our arms around people mm. in their, in their weakness mm. and in their time like that and have compassion over them. And to this day, to this day, every time we talk about it, we tear up because what he needed most in that moment is not someone to tell him it was even going to be okay yeah, or not someone to give him a reason why it yeah. happened. It was just, I, he just needed a hug. Yeah. And so two grown men standing in the front yard, you know, we sobbed together and the police it was so funny. They had, they didn't know what was going on. They didn't understand like why we're, I mean, it's, it was so crazy as they were coming in. That's what people need. Mm-hmm. That's what people Absolutely. need. That vision that I will always have. Mm. That's the compassion that we need to share yeah. with people that we know and people we don't know. Yeah. It's not fix me. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's love me. Yeah. Stop separating yourself from people. Yeah. Just start loving people. Yeah, that's it. That's Stop trying it to judge them. Stop trying to that's fix it. people. Stop trying to, you know, pinpoint uh, where you're better than them. I mean, you suck just as much as everybody else. Right. Let's just yeah. face the fact. We all have our issues. That's it. Yeah. And so, I mean, the bottom line is uh, let's let's change the the church ourselves. Yeah. Let's let's stop you know trying to make this big thing. The church has got to change. You just you change yourself. Yeah, that's right. That's if you're listening to this today and and God's pricked your heart and says you know what I have been you know I did see those that gay you know the flag that went up and I did have I was pricked in my heart and I did want to judge them and I did want to separate myself and and you were convicted today. Well, stop. Just stop now. Just surrender this to the Lord and just yeah. say you know what I got to stop being legalistic. I got to stop acting like I I know what's right and I got to just start looking at people the way that Christ looks at them and start loving them. Barry, would you want like to talk to those people and, and just, you know, reach out to them and share with them? Hey guys, there's so much on my heart today. And I want to speak directly to the person that would say that God couldn't love me. God couldn't forgive me. Can I tell you, you don't have a right to say that because you're not God. And so many times we have taught people to put God in a tiny box, like she was saying, and that he thinks the way we think his ways are so much higher than my ways and in our ways, his ways are so much bigger than our ways. He, he is not like us. We desire to be like him and he has the capacity to forgive you. He has a capacity to love you. He has a ca capacity to, to deal with where you're at and what you have done unconditionally in a loving, perfect way. And so I'm going to tell you right now that you do not have to change to come to him. Just turn to him. 
and realize that you have the value that if you were the only person on this earth that he would have still sent his son to die for you. And more than anything in his life, he doesn't want you to stop something. He doesn't want you to start something. He just wants you in a relationship more than anything. And then he says, take my hand and we'll figure it out together. I, I know your life's a mess because mine is. And I know you're not perfect. I know you're struggling. I know you're hurting. But, but the things that you are choosing to run to is not working. Would you stop? Will you stop believing that the only way for you to get happiness and significance is for you to change yourself or to make choices that you're going to choose this so that you can be happy? I have found, dear friend, my, my dear friend, I have found that there's only one way, and that's to run to him. He's the only one that can help us. He's the only one that can change us. He's the only one that can make sense of our mess. And the way that we run to him, the way that we come to him is we surrender. We give up. And we admit that I'm broken, I'm a mess, and I need help. And I don't measure up. I know. Everybody else has made you feel that way. You already know. And you say, I'm sorry. I made choices that weren't wise that have offended you, God. And I know that it was my choices that put Christ on the cross. And I'm sorry. But I believe that Jesus died for me. I believe that Jesus was the son of God. And I believe that he was buried and rose again, and that there's a power that brings dead things back to life. And it's it's in a relationship with Jesus. And the, and the Bible tells us that we're to admit our sins, we'll believe in Jesus, and that we're to put his trust in what, put our trust in what he has done, not in our own performance. And that lastly, we're to take Jesus as our Lord and confess him and to put our trust in him, would you trust him today? I'm just going to encourage you to pray and invite him into your life and surrender to him. Pray something or something like this. Dear God, I, I can't meet my family standards, most like yours. I can't meet my own standards. And I, I'm a mess. And I'm sorry. And I turn to you today. And I ask you to forgive me. And I ask you to help me. And I believe that the only way I can get help is putting my trust and belief to gain forgiveness in Jesus Christ. I believe he was your son. I believe that he died. And I believe that he was buried. And that he rose again the third day. And Jesus, because I believe that you are who you say you are, I believe that you're the only way and that you're the only forgiveness of sin. I invite you and I trust you and I put my faith in you, not, it, not in the performance of other men or women or the people who lead the church, but I put my faith and trust in God's holy, righteous son, Jesus. 
And so I invite you to come into my life and save me and help me and forgive me and lead me right now. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Here at Riot Podcast, we don't have all the answers, but we know this, that God loves you and that he wants to walk you through the struggles and the questions of your life. And he wants that relationship with you. And if you found that today, let us know. We want to celebrate that with you because no one, no demon, no Satan, nothing could ever take that away from you. It's signed, sealed, and delivered. It's, it's forever. You are his son. You are his daughter. You are his child. And I want to welcome you in the family, no matter what scars you have, no matter what color hair, no matter what. If you have changed your idea of, of who you are and that you have received Jesus Christ today, you are my brother, you are my sister, and I welcome you in the family. And I will go as far as saying we need you. We do, and we want you. Pete, tell them what they need to do. Yeah, if you give your life to the Lord, it's, it's, we would love to hear from you. If you go on to riotpodcast.co, C-O, uh, at the top it says, no God. Um, go ahead and click on that. Go down to the bottom and click on, yes, I gave my life to the Lord, and fill out that information. And We'd love to get in contact with you, connect you with a local body. That's where you're at, and uh, get some information and some material out to you. Um, but today's show is pretty powerful, and I, and, I, and I like that we started the discussion. And this will be something that I think we will care on in the future podcast. And, um, but something that Chad, you said, and maybe you could talk to this uh, in our prep today. Um, you said, you just need to live. You need to live. And, 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 and what, what are you saying when you say that? When I say that, I mean, so many people don't know where to start. They don't know what to do. You know, they feel like because they've lived their life and trying to fit into this tiny box, it's like they, they, they're, they're paralyzed. Mm. And so I tell people, just live. Mm. Um, I, I was taught a long time ago that just get in motion, mm. you know, just, just take, take, take a step. Just, just get into motion. Because what happens is when you begin to live your life and you begin to, to step in motion, then it be, you gain momentum. Mm. And everybody wants momentum, but they don't know how to get it. It's because you're, you're stagnant. You're not in motion. Mm. And if you can live your life and you can put it in motion, then you can gain that momentum. And then when you begin to get that momentum, what you do is you start a movement. Mm. And that's what we need. The church, we talk, the church is not four walls and a steeple. The church is the people. Yeah. And so for us, it's, it's the church, it's the people. So let's do that together. Mm. Let's each do something. Let's take a step. Let's live your life the way that God's called you to live. And don't add anything to it. Just be Jesus. Yeah. Just live like Jesus. Yeah. Have a conversation. Yeah. Go today. Have a conversation with somebody. Not just so you can tell them what you think. Yeah. Have a conversation so you can really hear what they think. Amen to that. Don't listen so you can respond. Mm. Just listen. Amen. Yeah. It's uh, stop trying to... Try, stop caring what other people think. Yeah. If I go hang out with this person, what are my friends are going to think? Who what cares? are these people going to think? Yeah. Just stop, stop that. Just live your life. You know, and, it, and then it says, well, how am I supposed to love somebody that treats me this way? Just love them. Yeah. Just love them. You know, forgive them 70 times seven, just love them. And, and just, just know that you were created to bring God glory. 
You were created to love people. You were not created to serve yourself. You were not created to give your opinions. You were created to represent Jesus. Amen. You were created to love him. That's it. And so it's about him and not you. And so uh, let's just uh, love and, and, and enjoy people. Who cares what you want to stereotype it? Just get rid of that. Throw that away. Just go love people, Bob. So good. Chad, thank you for, thank you for being here. Oh, man, just an honor. I can't wait to have you back again. Yeah, it's man, fun. You're, you're so right about the, the list. I mean, we, so many of our society's issues could be cured if we would just sit down and listen. Yeah. Just shut up and listen. Yeah. Ask somebody, what's your story? Yep. That's, it. that's it. And then just listen and that's love it. them. That's right. I mean, we, we talked about, or um, Jennifer was talking about in her blog about turning non-essentials into essentials. And I always go back to the essentials to me are just love God, love people and make disciples, right? If you can do those three things, things are going to turn out pretty well. Sure, yeah. But man, if we just get, we get sidetracked by all the religious crap mm. and Jennifer, we like that word on this podcast, by the way, crap. Every <laughs> once in a while, it really resonates. Every well once in a while, it shows up. Okay. But Jennifer, man, I, I'm sorry that you you got exposed to a lot of religious crap. Yeah. That, that wasn't. That's not who Jesus is. No. Nope. And uh, man, I'm sorry for that. And I pray that you hear this show. I pray that you hear our hearts. Hmm. And man, we would love to hear personally your perspective. Um, you know, it's one thing to read. To, to read your blog, but man, I, I'd love to get to meet you and, and find out where you're really coming from. So yeah. what an amazing show guys, as always go to uh, the riot podcast on, on uh, Twitter, on Facebook, share your comments. This show came about because of comments on, on, on social media. Yep. So, you know, we read this stuff, we listen and uh, you know, we do the show because of, we always say we do the show because of you. Honestly, we do the show because of the scarred hit the uh the, the scarred hands of our savior Amen. but uh you know it, it, we would do this for an audience of one but we know we're reaching people out there and we just we love you we appreciate you we would love to hear from you and uh look forward to next week's show and uh pete was talking about our fourth of july show so we'll talk some more about that uh, the topics that we were mentioning earlier but man what a what a great time today thank you guys any final words barry i have so much on my heart uh but I want to say to you, if you need to talk to someone, uh, just say it. And if you have no one to talk to, um, message us. Yeah. Amen. We, we're here. And uh, before you do something that is going to honor Satan or hurt yourself or hurt your family or, you know, a, a choice that is permanent for a temporary situation, let us know. Let us talk to you. Mm. And uh, we care about you and we're praying for you. Yes. So have, have a wonderful time. Thank you, Chad. Chad, I, I tell you, man, you, you amaze me. You really yes. are. Your heart is so big and we love being around you, buddy. Mm. Man, Amen. thanks for having me. It's been fun. Hopefully my first, but not my last. Yeah. Right. So I'd love to come back, have some Can't more wait. conversations. You guys yeah. are awesome. Absolutely. Awesome. Thanks for following your, uh, your heart yeah. to do this. Thanks, it's going to make a difference. Be blessed guys. Take care guys. See you next week. This has been The Riot Podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please feel free to leave a comment and share it with your friends. See you back here next week for another episode of The Riot Podcast.